that's ain't that a bitch, right? Because <laughs> we're, we're all so judgmental of one another, right? But nobody knows. Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? All right. There we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I am extremely excited about my next guest. I've been following him for a long, long time, making some huge waves in hip-hop. It is the one and only Kota, the friend. Uh, I love that he's now officially the friend or one of the friends of the show. Um, but for those of you who haven't been checking him out or not up to date, but man, you've been dropping a lot of music in, in 2023. You've got to see a sunset with Static Selector, which is like the reprisal or the the second album of what you've done with him, which was the first, which was To Kill a Sunrise. You've got Lyrics to Go, Volume 4 as well that came out this year. You've got singles that are here, Go Brooklyn as well. Man, it's been kind of an amazing year already, like projects that are coming out and and fans were obviously gravitating to them. I was just listening to them before this, but how does it feel to be, you know, having so much momentum in 2023? Uh, it feels good. This is this is kind of my plan throughout the rest of my career. I just want to make music uh, and a lot of it. It's pretty much all I do and drop it. So I'm just excited for what's to come because there's so much experimenting that's going to happen. There's so many collaborations that are going to happen. Like, it's going to be crazy. This is just the beginning. It's crazy to me that this is the beginning for you. Like in your mind, it's the beginning. I think a lot of people would look at your career to date and be like, man, I would wish to be in that position. And you're now going, well, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think I can do more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's just uh, realizing that I think one day I just realized that I it was just the tip of the iceberg, you know? Um, and there was so much more experimenting that I wanted to do. And like this, I'm a fan of all music. And I, I just, one day I was just like, man, why am I only kind of limiting myself to this style of music? And that kind of opened the floodgates because now I'm like, man, I want to collaborate with artists of from every continent, artists for every genre. Like I just want this. And once you think about it that way, then it's like, oh, now it's, now I can do anything. And now there's unlimited music that can be made and unlimited creativity. And so now I feel like I finally um, really tapped in. I finally tapped into that and I'm just ready to do it. That's why I feel like it's the beginning. It's like a brand new chapter, you know? Is there a genre of music that you're most excited about trying to tap into? Is there something that you're like, I think this is the first place for me to to try and throw my art at or throw my creativity at? Yeah, um trying to do house music, trying to definitely get into house music, uh uh pop, uh rock, R and B. Um, but I think house is like the biggest one. It's like the most fun for me. You know? Why why do you say that? Why the most fun? It's just it, I don't know, it's something about the style that just gives me like room for so much creativity. It just it just my mind just runs wild when I hear those drums and when I hear like a house beat, I just kinda like 
it's, it's like my most popular song is called Long Beach and it kind of has like a house vibe and it has to till this day it has the most streams and um it's like the the fastest growing song on my list you know I don't know. I think there is this crossover and the more I talk to artists such as yourself and the more I listen to, to hip hop and then when I start listening to other genres, the crossover in, in the sense of like the drums are there and like it feels like all of a sudden, like even I've found and historically I've been very stubborn with my pure love for hip hop and that is it, but I've been finding myself enjoying other genres just because I'm f- feeling similarities in the sense of like they're still using like the the fundamentals of sound to make make it sound good, and I never realized that until recently. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's always good when like genres kind of get blended, where you kind of hear different genres and within other genres because it it brings that's that's the whole point of crossover music, right? It's supposed to bridge the gap, you know. So. That's a good thing. Okay. Well, you might be on the forefront of uh, house hip hop collaborations, and who knows? There might be a brand new genre that is kind of built off that combination of the two. Maybe I um this next project that I'm putting out is definitely is definitely that kind of vibe, you know, like where it's like kind of what is this? Like you can sit down and be like, uh, I can't really say that it's house music. I can't really say it's R and B, but I can't really say it's funk either. It's just this kind of like, but that's what original. That's what creativity and originality is. It's like you you create something brand new from a whole bunch of uh, experiences and a whole bunch of inspirations and artists that you've listened to over the course of your entire life, and um, just kind of bringing something that sounds new. It's not brand new, but you know, to other people, it's like, oh, I've never really heard something like this before. So that's the exciting part. I'm hyped. Like I'm genuinely hyped. Do you have a time frame for when that project is going to drop? Yeah, I want to drop it in June. You know? Okay, so very so, soon. Yeah, very soon. I because the way the way we made it sound, or the way you made it sound, was like it's in the in the future, but it is very close. Yeah, I've been making mad music, like, and I'm I'm working on the next project after that already. So. um with different friends and uh, different artists, like all over the world, man, it's it's gonna be insane. How do you create so much music? Because like, I'm looking at you and I'm like, he's already dropped two albums this year. He's got a third coming up in June. That's only like halfway through the year. You're on track for like six albums plus singles plus features. And I'm like, I don't. Some artists don't drop an album a year let alone six projects to the quality that you seem to be dropping them at? Um, all I do is make music, you know? Um, all I do is make music and spend time with my family. And so I really don't do much else. And so, and I like it that way. It's not like I, I, I'm never overwhelmed. Somebody yesterday asked me, like, do you ever, like, get time for yourself? And I was like, yo, I get so much time to myself. <laughs> like, me and, like, me and my wife will go on weekend vacations and we'll go hiking and you know it's we do a lot of stuff that we want to do it's just that when I'm not doing that I'm making music you know I don't really I don't go to clubs I don't party I I don't spend a lot of my leisure time just kind of like doing just random things so like every everything I do is intentional and even music I don't 
I don't make music every single day for 10 hours a day. You know, I sometimes I'll wake up in the morning at like before everybody wakes up and I'll just write a verse, you know, and maybe that will be all I do that day. Or maybe I write three verses or some days I dedicate just to recording. But even even on days where I work, I don't work all day. You know, it's just every day I um I work, I do something, you know, towards the goal and it works. I think it's it's difficult for people to understand, even if it, it's difficult for me to understand at times, because like when you work a full-time job, you have a very prescriptive of like, I work from nine till five and I get mm-hmm. up at the same time every single day and I do the same amount of work every single day and then I finish and then that's when I'm free. Whereas like for you to have the freedom to literally decide when you're working is such a foreign feeling to most people. Yeah, um, I think that's the blessing of being an artist. You know, I started looking at I started looking at me being an artist as kind of like my job in a way. It's just like, all right, uh, I want to do it every day, but I love my. It's like I love my job. It's like I have a job that I love, so I make sure to appreciate that by just working every day. You know, because I do love what I do, and um, yeah, it just it, it kind of. I'm grateful for the freedom and so I don't take it for granted, you know? When you, when you like started getting into like the rhythm of it or or like started really making music, what were people saying around you? Because I think the, this beginning of a music career is always an interesting kind of experience for every artist because it's like, you're now officially taking the risk. Like now you're officially going, hey, this is something I want to do. This is something that that I'm throwing my hand at, especially when you stop working a full-time job. But did you have the perspective of others around to ask you questions or be like, hey, man, like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I had a couple of people that were like, yo, you sure this is, you know, what you, you sure you want to be an artist? And, you know, this must be hard. There's so many people that want to be artists. And... Um, I re- I, the thing is, I had already had that conversation with myself, you know, and I had already decided that this is what I'm going to do. And I just it was grind mode at that time. It was just straight grind mode. I definitely don't have the work life balance that I have now. You know, it's like when I was just starting, it was just every single day, whether it was from sun up to sundown. And, and then I would wake up in the middle of the night to work, you know, and so I wasn't even getting sleep. It was just straight up work. You know, as soon as I could go on tour, I was on tour for however long I could be on tour. And it it was just work. My life was like 100%, yo, we got to get to it, you know, and everything else kind of came second to that. How long were you doing that life for? Um, It was probably like, I, I'd say almost two years. I was really living like that. Wow. Yeah. That's like two years, practically zero sleep. Yeah, yeah, basically. It was really crazy. And I think that's why now now I kind of see it as like I have so much time, you know, to do everything because like I, I've just always worked hard. I've always been a hard worker. Like I always put a hundred percent in, you know. And so when you were living that like life of like constantly writing, constantly making music, were you going out in terms of like partying or were you just like so focused of like I'm committing all my time, all my energy to this. Yeah, I was super focused. Like, 
I barely went out. I barely like went out. And when I did go out, it was just for like a couple beers with my friends. But uh, it was I've I've never really been a partier because I've always I've been working since I was like thirteen. I've been working jobs since I was like my I just become a teenager. So like I was never heavy into any party scene. It was always like I gotta get to it. Yeah, I think it's like interesting to to hear from people like yourself because it's like the image of a rapper and the image of an artist is that party person, is the person who's like, you know, loves the crowd and loves like all the attention and is like drinking until like 4 a.m. or whatever it is. But like the reality is most artists or a lot of artists aren't like that. Like it's Mm -hmm. just because if you do that all the time, you cannot make the music that you make because like you lose something in the creativity when you're not actually looking after yourself. True. I agree. Um, that's the misconception, right? And I think, you know, people, sometimes people um, mix up rock stars with artists, you know? Like, there's so many different kinds of artists, and not every artist is a rock star. Like, a lot of a, a lot of artists just make music and stay to themselves, and, you know, that's the truth. Well, man, it's clearly working. So, like, no complaints from me, and, and I'm sure no complaints from the fans. So, I'm sure they would love to see you more at parties, but at the same time, hey, it's working, so why fuck with the formula? I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, Well, something that I found interesting when I was reading up on you was, like, that you rejected, like, deals, that you decided to stay independent and have your independence. But obviously, when you're coming up and you're kind of growing – what made you go against the security, I would say, of like a, a deal as opposed to actually, you know, continuing on your own? Um, at the beginning at the beginning of my career, I always said that if I could feed my family and have a house over our heads, then that would be enough, you know? And the, as soon as I had enough money to do that, I realized that I, um, I didn't need to sign a deal, you know, because I could own my music and I could support my family. For me, that was a that was a win win. And as soon as um, I remember I remember the first time I saw money in my account from music, I was like, wow, I can really do this. Like I can, you know. At the time, I was trying to I was trying to get signed by a label, and I, that would have been the dream. But the moment that I saw money in my account, I was like, oh, I can actually do this by myself. I don't need to just accept any random deal. Well, I don't have to go chasing after these record labels to give me a deal. It's like, and so I decided to just build on that and see where I could go by myself and see how far it could get me. And I had no idea that I would go this far, but, um, you know, as soon now I'm thinking now we can take it to the next level and do some, some even cooler. So, you know, the sky's the limit for artistry nowadays and everything's changing, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Do you remember how much it was you originally got like that first amount? Yeah, I saw um there was eight eight thousand dollars in my TuneCore account. And that that changed my life. I was like, whoa. Because before before I saw that money in my account, I was like struggling to buy diapers for my kid, you know, because he was still a baby at the time. And I was like, wow, I have I I wasn't even checking to see how much money I had in the account. I was just putting <laughs> out music. I was just putting out music and I was working, <laughs> you know, I was like shooting videos for other artists 
and um and that that really changed my whole life because I I completely decided to just do music and figure out how I can really make this work, you know. And how long were you into your career at that point? I was probably like a year and a half in. Yeah. A year and a half. And that's where it all changed. That's where you were like, I can do it. And I, I just went full steam, full speed ahead. I wonder what would have happened if you didn't check your account. You know what I mean? I don't know what would happen, man. I probably would have still I probably would have still been shooting videos as my main job. And then if I would I don't know. I don't know what it if I never checked the account, none of this would happen. None of this would be happening right now. I mean, I'm sure you would have found out at some point where someone's yeah. like, "Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey, man, you should check the account because you got money in there." But like, uh, it's it's interesting, like the the fork in the road where you're trying to chase a deal, or you're like, you're going down that avenue, and I wonder like how how far you you would have gone down that road without finding out. Like it's. I was the the alternate universe in a way is an interesting ponderance to me. Yeah, man. I mean, that'll wreck your brain trying to think of what would happen. <laughs> well, I think that's why I'm here on a show talking nonsensically for 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 an hour, an hour and a half. But but uh, I mean, because you also started, you know, in college as well. Like you had a rap group, and and you y'all kind of that's where you were were really honing your craft but do you remember the how it came together starting like because i think there was three of you yeah there was three of us um we were just homies man like we met on the first day of school it was college it was exciting and we just kind of like you know came together one one of one of them was like the brilliant singer his name was trey um the other dude was joe he was this white kid who wanted to rap and (laughs) he was dope and uh, we just we we were just having fun, and those are those are the best times. The times where you you appreciate the most when you look back on, and you're like, man, we we it wasn't about the money. It was just if anybody listened to our music, we were hype, and like it got to a point where people around campus were actually playing our music, and like we would we would put out free music and on a link, right? And you'd be like, yo, check out this link or whatever, <laughs> and like thousands of people would would like download our songs and that was just we obviously we're not making any money that's the that those are the days of like cds was still a thing and you know so it's it's come a long way and what are they up to now uh i don't really know um i don't really know 100 percent. we haven't stayed we haven't stayed that tight man honestly i should check in and see what's going on but yeah life happens yeah. So did y'all separate after college or like what happened there with the music? Because obviously it sounded like, or the way you described it, it sounds like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was mad fun. Um, I dropped out first, you know, so uh, I dropped out before everybody. Everybody else stayed in school and I went about my life. I was like, man, I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to make music and and um uh, shoot videos and see where it gets me. And I really just that that's really what I did, man. I said, forget all this other stuff. And um after that it was just me and the hustle, you know? And so I was kind of off on my own. Cause what were you studying in college? Music music. I was studying music. But it was just so boring, bro. I was like it was like mm-hmm. I knew I, I I knew pretty much everything that I was learning, 
at the at the school. And it was just like, man, I don't want to be here taking another math course, another English course, another this. And it's, it's like I was I was done with school, you know. So what were they teaching in like because it's interesting mm-hmm. to me that that you're like, uh, forget the learning of music because I've <laughs> learned enough and this is shit is boring. I'm going to go live music. And so I wonder what the disconnect is between the two of like clearly it didn't add enough for you to stay, but it also didn't dissuade you from following your dream, which was to become a musician and become an artist. Yeah, well, it was really music theory. Like when you study music, they're teaching you music theory. They're teaching you how to be a proper musician, you know? And, you know, it's it's cool. It's cool to to learn. It just takes, it shouldn't take four years of my life, I don't think, you know? A lot of this stuff you can learn online, on YouTube, you know? But um, so I knew it wasn't going to, if I didn't get a degree, I knew it wasn't going to stop me from, you know, pursuing music. Isn't that funny though, that like a degree to a musician is essentially worthless? Nowadays, and a degree period is becoming worthless, you know, because well, people want to, people want to know that you can actually do these things. You know, it's like, what is a, what does it matter that you have a piece of paper if I'm not sure that you can do this in real life, you know? And those real life skills become more important because it's like you can learn all you want, but you have to, that's why you have to work in the field in order to get a real job. Like you have to do an internship so people know that you can actually do this job in real time and you can learn about the industry as it's happening, not what's going on in your history, but what's going on in your textbooks, you know? Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think, you know, the the weird thing is that like what university and what college teach you are like the skills outside of your immediate degree in a way. Like I personally, I did a commerce law. So I, at the uni, but like the law is always changing. And like, I know the basics of like business and stuff like that, but what it actually teaches you is the ability to like learn and the ability to like focus and study and kind of get through something that's a bit shit. And so it teaches you those secondary skills so that you're well equipped in life that I don't remember shit about my law degree. I genuinely don't. I know like three laws, um, but I think everyone knows them. I think don't kill, don't steal, and uh, see, that's pretty yeah. much it. Right. No, nah, that makes sense, man. Like it teaches you. I think my um, my mom told me that she was like, you you gain discipline by doing something you don't want to do, you know, for four years. I'm like, man, but even in this music industry, in this music world, Yo, I've worked my ass off, you know, and you learn discipline by trying to make it in this because a lot of people get college degrees, you know, not a lot of people become rappers and tour the world three times, you know, and get to see the world because of their music. So it's just like whatever way you put it in this life, you're going to have to work hard and you're going to have to be disciplined and you're going to have to sit down and learn something. So, like, I, I don't really... um. I don't necessarily knock that part of college because I believe you're going to pay your dues no matter what. You know, some people are going to pay their dues in the real world. Some people are going to pay their dues uh, sitting behind, sitting in a school for, for four to eight years or whatever, however many crazy years that is, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I got asked the other day if I would ever do a master's degree and I was like, <laughs> not unless I'm getting paid. Right. Because, uh, 
yeah, I can't, like, now living in the real world, I cannot imagine going back. I cannot imagine going back and, like, sitting in a classroom and just getting told. And, like, the thing that frustrates me is, like, the people that are teaching me are often not the people I ever want to become. So, like, you know, if if Jay-Z taught a music class, then I would go because I would be like, well, that, guy knows exactly what he's he's like talking about the dream that i have like, and he's shown that he's done it whereas like you know some old crusty you know white guy who okay he knows how to play the piano or whatever like that's not the same because that's not what i ever want to be so when he's talking about stuff it's like the the disconnect is real so i think that's what's interesting about like college and uni is the people that are teaching you are never the people you actually want to become Right, true, because they're teaching, and you want to be out there in the world, <laughs> yeah. changing it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, because you've traveled the world, how was that? It's beautiful, and um, I've always wanted to. I think more than anything, I've always wanted to travel and um, see new things. Like growing up. It was, I spent a lot of time just in Brooklyn, just in New York, you know? And so travel has been on at the top of my list. So being able to go to South Africa and being able to go to Europe and see Paris. And I was in Paris and I brought my dad with me to Paris. And it's just like, man, he's never been to Europe, you know? So it's just like, it's both of us there. And this is my, and now this is my third time being in Europe. Where's his? This is his first time, you know. So it's just it it, it tripped me out. Like I remember the last trip, the last time we we toured Europe. I remember thinking like, wow, this is really my third time being here, you know. Like, and and that's just crazy for me because growing up we didn't go anywhere, you know. And um, yeah, just just going all over the world. Even we've been to Australia. We were in Brisbane. We were in Melbourne. Uh, we went to New Zealand, Auckland, like. It's it's insane to even think about, man, standing in front of the Eiffel Tower, or, you know, every time we touch down, man, I I was I was excited five years ago when I went to Cal- California, you know, <laughs> and now I live in California, you know, like, so uh, it, it still blows my mind sometimes. Well, let me ask you this. How did you feel when you saw the Eiffel Tower? Because I get contradictory reports. I, I've been to France as well, and I'll, I'll tell you how I saw, how I felt when I saw the Eiffel Tower after you tell me, but did it live up to the hype? Um, I, when I saw it, all I thought was, man, it's big. It's a big thing. It's big. <laughs> I didn't really, it, it's more of like the energy for me. You know, it's just like, man, I've seen this in movies. I've seen it in television shows. But now I'm witnessing it. It's kind of similar to somebody probably show, um, landing in New York and going to 42nd Street in Times Square, you know? And they're like, whoa, this is insane. I've seen this in movies. It's the same thing. It's like, man, I get to experience something that um, kind of I've just grown up. It's, it's always been so far away. But now it's like right here. I can actually like almost touch it, you know? And the coolest so, thing about it is that now when you watch movies and you see it, you can be like, I've been there. Like I do yeah. that all the time in movies. I'm like, I've been there. I know, I know where that is. It's like, you know, you know what it is too. It's like, you can watch a movie now and you know what it feels like to be in that place. You know, like now 
I watch movies and shows about Paris and I understand certain things that happens in the show. Like when <laughs> when they talk about there's no AC in the in the homes, in, in the apartments in Paris, I'm like, oh yeah, I know that. <laughs> I experienced <laughs> that. When you talk about people being kind of rude, I'm like, yeah, I experienced that too. It's just like, it's in, there's certain things that you just understand about life that you only know if you go, you know? You can, you know, you can, people can tell you about their experience, but you don't know until you go, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I remember watching John Wick, the fourth John Wick, and like he's riding through like the Arc de Triomphe and I'm like, I've been there. Like I remember being there and actually like just looking at it and going, wow, this is pretty cool. Um, And so just seeing that kind of stuff and they're always in Rome. Like I've, I've been fortunate enough to be in Rome and like see the Colosseum and Seeing the Coliseum is wild. Like, I, I I remember just, like, seeing it down a street. I, like, where we stayed, it was, like, uh, a whole street down by the, by the Coliseum. And it was almost like it's not real. Like, wow. it's such a weird feeling to see the Coliseum because it still holds, it held, I think, like, close to 50,000 people. And we're talking mm. about an ancient stadium that's still <laughs> standing today, whereas, like, it's it was so insane to just like walk through it and see it and just even be on the outside was was crazy. I got to check it out. Can you go inside? Yeah, I got to check it out. It's really really cool. I highly recommend. I think Rome is one of my favorite cities in Europe. Like it is just like and there's so much architecture and just like on. So me and my brother finally are going in like three weeks back to Rome uh, to to like eat Italian food and then uh, live it up a little bit. Bye. So he's never been. It's going to be his first time in Rome as well. So I'm going to have a similar experience, hopefully, to that you had with your dad in, in France. Oh, that's cool, man. Rome is now on my list because you. So shout out to you. Man, yeah. you'll have to send me a message. Take a photo with you next to the Colosseum. And uh, genuinely, the food. Like I can't, I got so fat when I went to Italy, like genuinely so fat. It was just bread and carbs and I definitely went too far. Okay. Favorite Italian food. What's up? Especially when you're in Rome. All right. So there was this tiny place that was on the corner of like the street where I stayed at like at this Airbnb and it was this pizza place. And I remember going there with, with my friend and like we hadn't eaten anything pretty much all day. And they've got these wood fire ovens. And so we, they chuck it in. And like the pizza didn't come out round. It came out like misshapen. And so it was like, and so it was, and there was just Italians in there. They didn't speak any English. They just gave us the menus. And we just like essentially picked something out. I think I got like a four cheese pizza and my friends got something else. But like, it was just like this mix. It had like a th- thing sticking out here and the crust was so crispy. And oh, it was I still, to this day, that happened probably six years ago. And to this day, it's one of the best pizzas I've ever had in my life. And it was just like the feeling of the place and just the bustling of, and it was just packed with locals. And that was all it was. And it was unbelievable. Cannot stop talking about it. I don't remember the name. I think I remember the location. And if I Google precisely, I can probably find it. I can probably find it. But I don't think... It didn't. I don't remember any signs on it. That's the thing. I just remember walking mm. past it and seeing people there, and I was like, "Oh, we have to check it out." Uh, that's so crazy, man. Like, hopefully, I can find it. Hopefully, you can find it, and then I can find it. 
I'll send it to you. I'll 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 find it at some point for sure because um, I want to go back and take my brother. But yeah, I think it's a privilege to be able to travel. I think like seeing other countries and seeing other cultures in the real life really shows you and puts your life into perspective. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, because you you think about where you're from, wherever wherever you're at, you think you compare it to where you're from, kind of, you know, and. Because you only know we if you never travel, you only know one experience. But when you travel, you it kind of broadens your horizons and then you're like, oh, life can life can happen in very different ways. You know, it's not just in my way. You know, and then, you know, well, that's how you're supposed to go about it. You know, that's how you're supposed to start thinking. You travel other places and you're like, man, life is bigger than just my neighborhood and my city. And um, it allows you to understand people better. So and be less judgmental to other people and their customs it's like uh they because people in different countries they have customs that would be crazy to you they'd be like how why would you ever do that <laughs> and the people over there were like well bro, they're like yo this is normal you know stuff that gets you canceled over here over there they're like bro this is everyday life for us bro we don't you know and so it's really just understanding each other and that, i think that's the beautiful part about it and that that's why um I think a lot of times in the states people are uh, closed minded because not everybody's traveling the world, bro, and and that's why people can't stand Americans, bro, because we feel like because in in America they feel like they can go anywhere and tell everybody else how to live, and 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 I'm just a hundred percent against that. It's just like I believe in everybody just living the way they do. If it makes you happy, then cool. And to to me. I like to go places and live like they do, you know, like when it's a, I'm a win in Rome type of person, you know, so like wherever I go, I'm like, what, what vibe are y'all on? Because I need to get on on this vibe, whatever, whatever y'all doing. I agree with you. I think one of the best parts of like being human is like experiencing all the different cultures. And see, mm -hmm. I personally like Americans because y'all are chatty as hell and I love a good chat. So when I was in the States, like, Everyone wants to talk to you, and especially because they obviously I sound different. I don't sound like I'm from the US. So everyone's like, where are you from? A lot of people think I'm British, which is also strange to me. But um, um, then I'm like, no, nah, I'm from Australia. But but yeah, I think I think going out, experiencing different cultures, I'm sure you can do that in the US is like go to different neighborhoods and go to like different districts and go like, hey, I'm going to experience like what they eat and just the energy that you feel in a different place. I think that's one of the best things is genuinely embracing it as opposed to doing it with judgment. Yeah. That's the best way to live, man. Well, Cannot agree more. Actually, I wanted to, speaking of flights, you've also got a clothing brand flight boys. And I wanted yeah. to ask you about that because it seems like that is also continuing to garner success and continuing to grow. How has that been over the journey of like, you know, building a clothing brand and building another brand on top of the brand of you being an artist as well? Yeah, um, we're still building it. Uh, I haven't done everything that I want to do with it yet, but it's something that's always in the works. You know, it never stops. Like we have a home base in Pennsylvania where we ship our clothes, we ship the clothes from. And we're kind of, we're just kind of building behind the scenes and we're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. So, yeah. Do you have, I, I know you have a vision for your music. I'm sure you have a vision for your clothing brand, but 
do you have anything that you're like looking to as like the next step of like continuing to to get the momentum? Uh, I think collaborations with other brands, um, collabor- just collaborations and just creating more designs. And uh, I just need time. I just need to like carve out time to actually like build that out the, the right way. And so that's that's really next. Uh, just giving it the, the, the attention it needs to be successful. Yeah, I think like I, I look at you and I look at artists and I'm like, y'all are just entrepreneurs now. Like yeah. y'all just have to, you're just building businesses. That's essentially what it is. Independent businesses. Yeah. Especially now they got um AI generated musicians. So we now have to, we're going to have to really work, you know, we're going to have to work twice as hard to figure out, man, if this music thing ever blows up in our faces, we're going to have to figure out a way. So. Well, yeah. how do you feel about the AI music? Um, it's crazy concept. This is it's in it's, but I feel like that about a lot of like technology now. I'm like, man, I did not see it happening this fast. You know, I did not see what I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it coming, man. Um, uh, when I think back to 2015, I was. It's crazy to think that's almost 10 years ago, right? Yeah, nuts. <laughs> right, it's insane. But in 2015. Um, I put out my first video with the lyrics on it and it I I was doing these like short form videos one minute each and I was dropping that like every week. I was the only person doing anything like that, you know? And um now you fast forward to now, that's all the internet is, is these short form videos. There's nothing else. <laughs> There's nothing else. Like people don't really care about a full video when they can just put when a when a twenty second video does better. Or even better, even a 10 second video does even better than the 20 second video. <laughs> so, why would I try to um, put my all into making a great video when I can just put up this 10 second clip and it goes viral in a couple of days? So, it's just a, it's a crazy world we live in. And I think that kind of led to the AI vibe because, man, you don't have to be Drake to make a song that sounds like Drake now. It's like, you know what? Look, I kind of am Drake. <laughs> <laughs> because I used his voice, I used some, I did some simple bars, and now it sounds like a song that you want to play on repeat. And so, and I'm gonna get rich off of this. It kind of, we live in the, we live in the era where everybody wants the the Drake attention, you know. And I don't have to be talented or gifted or anything to be just as popular or even more popular. And everybody's a celebrity, man. TikTok, everybody went viral on TikTok, you know, all types of people, people that have no skill, that didn't work at anything, they, anybody can get it. And it's, it's just, um, it's a crazy time we live in. And so I think now more than ever, I'm just trying to keep my eyes on my art and my family and stay close because it's it's going crazy out here. Yeah. I mean, the exponential growth of AI since the beginning of this year, like the, the amount that it's blown up and the shit that it can do. And like, as you said, I mean, it's one of my fears is like, and, and I'm putting myself in, in your shoes. One of my fears would be someone, you know, replicating my own music, my own feel, and then putting it out and being like, Hey, you know, I did this and this is mine, but it's using your voice. And I wonder if artists are going to start copywriting their voice 
and start copywriting their lyrics. And like, it's just, we're, we're heading into this weird, murky territory. It's like, it's getting so complicated and it's already complicated enough as it is. But like, now it's almost like you might not have a choice. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, man. I don't even know if you can copyright a voice. I don't think you, I don't think that you can. I don't, I'm not sure. But all I know is that um, it's scary out here, you know, AI. But you think about all the movies that we've seen where AI is implemented and the world is destroyed, basically, or near destruction. Like, so um, I think everybody is kind of like on edge about it. Like, yo, and I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get worse. Um, I think it's going to get more and more scary. That's but, why uh, I say please and thank you to the to the ai i'm like hey can you please help me and then like thank you thank you very much because if they when they do take over i want them to be like hey he was nice to us so like let's spare him it's a joke it's a joke right now but man like ai is really going to be doing everything for us you know Uh, humans have this obsession with making life easy you know With, with making everything accessible and um, I think I was watching some documentary where they said they they said we asked we asked can we do this, but we don't ask should we, you know, like we're always saying can we make this easier can we make this faster can we make it this? but we don't ask should we do that you know should we actually try to um, mass produce uh, beef on this level you know it should it's like should we be feeding corn to cows should we be you know at should we allow ai to do everything for us like should we be creating these new robot police officers like should they uh it gets yeah well i heard they've got like robot dogs in some places i've I've heard that too man and nobody's asking should we everybody's just asking can we it needs to stop but it's not gonna stop because that's that's manifest destiny, you know. So well, you and I both know that there's too much money in that forum. Yeah, but it's money is stupid though. This was the stupidest thing has to be money. Like has to be, man, because people will choose riches over life. This shit is crazy, bro. Like like money's people the thing is there's people are hoarding so much money that it's really it's really pointless, man. Everybody a lot of people trying to struggle to survive. Some people have all the damn money, and this shit don't make any sense, bro. Shit is funny. The only thing that's real is art and family and and love, bro. Everything else is just whatever. Yeah. Well, it's it's weird to me that you were like, oh, it's interesting because you're like, we're trying to make our lives easier, but by making our lives easier, we're actually making it a thousand times harder and a thousand times more complex because, like, I don't know if, like, you know, when you are looking at buying places or looking at renting and you've seen the rental agreement and you're like, what the fuck are all these words? Like, what do they mm-hmm. mean? It's so complicated. The law is so complicated. And like by making it easier, we've created this world of like just paperwork and admin drives me absolutely fucking crazy. Like crazy. I'm so sick of like, I have to fill this form out and that form out just to do. And it's like, all I'm doing is paperwork just to like try and live my life. Right. It's, 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 it's insane, bro. It's like, we, yeah, we try to make our lives easier, but we end up making it harder. You said it, you said it perfect. Um, 
it's weird. It's something that something that something that humans do. Uh, when when it could just be simple. Somebody told me a story a long time ago. They were like, um, you know, a guy comes from a small farm, right? A small little farm, beach town where he just kind of like hung out all day and kicked it and had his nice family or whatever. And a man from the city came in and said, hey, if you come to the city, you can, you know, you can make a bunch of money and and whatever. And so he made a bunch of money and he, he went to the city just to come back to his beach town and retire. You know, it's like when you could have just been chilling that whole time, bro, you could have just been enjoying your life that whole time. And I think humans missed that point. Like we could really be here enjoying this all together. Like, not one person suffering more than the other person. Like, we can really be enjoying this, but instead, we want to create all these wars and all this, like, because of power. People hungry for power. People want to be above other people. And it's like when we can all be living our best life, bro. But, you know, that's that's how it's supposed to be, obviously, because it is the way it is. So I'm just trying to survive, you know? Well, I... I do wonder what it would like without having jobs. Like what if none of us had jobs? Like we just like did what we needed to do as a society to like, I think there is a real argument to be like, have small communities that look after, you know, and, and you essentially look after your own community. You police it yourselves. You like look after the, the school or whatever. Like there's something to be said about being invested into your own community as opposed to what we're now is like, we're one of millions who live in the same city, but we don't really invest in it because we feel like we're just ants. Like right. there's just so many of us in the colony that it's like, what is the point? And so we just, we're essentially walking by ourselves next to each other, which is such a weird experience. So I do wonder what it would be like if we just were like, Hey, we don't have to do the shit that we're doing. Like, you know, why do we have these massive companies? Like, what's the point? Like, mm-hmm. like we could just do it and help others and, like, just live well together. But, again, I think you said the, the perfect thing, which is everyone's hungry for power, whether it's capitalism or any other way of government, they're all just wanting power, and it's like the human condition that we're obsessed with just getting more as opposed to being satisfied with what we have. Right, right. It's um capitalism, right? Everybody's trying to capitalize. Everybody wants to be above. It's like, how can I get more? But um, you know, trying to live the simple life, man. Trying to live the simple life. Don't never need too much. And so I just, you know, but that's part. That's partly why I, I live like my life the way I do. You know, I make music. I chill with my family. Um. And I get so much done because it's just like, man, I don't I don't need much, man. Like me and my wife, we have like a, a nice little house a few blocks from the beach in an, in an area that not a lot of people are trying to live in, you know, but we enjoy our life, you know. And uh, I'm just trying to live like that as much as possible because, you know, life is happening right now and I'm not trying to miss it, trying to, you know, elevate, trying to buy this car and this house and upgrade and continuously upgrade. At some point you have to sit and be like, I'm happy with what I have, you know, like at some point. Yeah. I think it's, it's a balance for 
for it all because because as we said like you're just finding the the tip of the iceberg for your music career, but you're also happy with where you're at. So if you can do both, which is like enjoy the moment you live in, but also have an eye on the future of what else you can achieve, then I think that's the best of both worlds. It is. And even when it comes to like, you know, this being the tip of my iceberg for my career, it's not, it's not about money. It's about creativity. You know, it's about like, I'm alive. I'm going to, I'm not just going to sit here and do nothing. Like I'm gonna use my gifts to create something cool, and um, at the top of 2023, I just was like, I want to make cool things with cool people. I want to make cool art with cool people, and um, that's why now it's April, and we've already put out two projects, and we have the deluxe of "To See a Sunset" coming out, and I got another album coming out in June because like I'm fulfilling. What I the things I said at the beginning of the year, I'm making it happen because like I w- I really want to just create. Um, it's it's just about having creations and putting them in the universe and moving on to the next one. You know. Yeah. Can I ask how did you get in touch with Static Selector? Because like now you guys have worked on multiple projects together, but how, what was the the origin of of that relationship? Um, he hit me up randomly. A few years ago, I think it was 2018, and he was just like, bro, I want you to come on my radio show. And I was like, cool, say less. So I came to the <laughs> I came to this show. And after that, he said, yo, let's get in the studio. I just whatever, whatever static asked me to do, I was there. Period. Like, I never um I never said no. I was just like, yo, what are we doing? He would just tell me and we just make it happen. And then um he hit me up to do a joint project. And just like everything else, I was like, let's go, let's get it. And he asked me to do uh, the sequel. And then I'm like, oh, let's get it again. Let's do it. <laughs> and that's really our relationship, man, for real. It's funny to me when people like him are like, hey, do you want to work together? And it's like, hey, you know I know who you are, right? You know you know that I'm aware of like all the cool shit that you've done in your career and I would be crazy not to say yes. So, yeah, of course. Exactly. That's our that's our relationship. That's it. <laughs> Does he know that? Does he know that like I'm pretty sure he knows. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz like I think people like that in this industry th- that like you hear their names and you're like the sh- I mean to be fair you're you're almost in that category of like the shit that you've been doing everyone's like uh yes. I'll I'll do a joint with you for sure yeah i mean yeah i think uh some for some people it is like that for some people i hit them up and they're like uh yeah i love to do a, a record with you and some people are still getting to know and that's cool you know that's 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 cool man either way man, i'm just I, i've been contacting all types of people lately like in 2022 i was way more reserved with the the kind of people that i hit up to do records with and this, and in 2023, I'm just like hitting up anybody that I think is like super talented, and I can make some good art with. I'm like, I don't even waste any time because like life is short, you know. So, you know, I I took the same approach with the podcast. I was like, hey, why am I boxing myself in? Anyone who I think I'll have a good conversation with or is somewhat interesting, let's fucking go. Let's like, why limit yourself? Like, as much as this is the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, I was like, well, 
my only limitation is whatever limitation I put put on myself. And there's mm-hmm. no one else to tell me that I can't do whatever the hell I like. And similar to you, I'm independent. So I it's my choice at the end of the day. So I love that as like just expanding and just going for it. Whatever you want, bro. Whatever you want. I think that's the message for everyone. It's like just do whatever you want. Like that's that's the best. It's the funnest way to live, man. It's the funnest way. Can I ask, because I also saw that you have songs in movies and not small movies. Like you you have a song in, I think it's You People. Um, Pomegranate is in You People. And then you've got a song in Emergency as well. The uh, Scapegoat is your song in the movie Emergency. How was that of getting your songs as placements? They contacted us. Amazon contacted us. Amazon Prime contacted us, and then, um, uh, and then uh, Netflix contacted us about you people, and that's that's been the story. Um, those I think those I think I have a couple more placements, not too many, but yeah. Because I mean, these aren't like small movies that your songs are in. I love both of those movies, to be honest. Like. I've re I've watched both of those movies several times, not even for my songs, just because of the fact that I like those movies. So yeah, those are some good ones. Yeah, I I agree, but I I watched you people as well. So when when I watched it, to be fair, it is very similar to who I am, Jonah Hill in that, and I'm like, oh, that's weirdly eerie. So I smoked a joint and I watched it, and I was just like, just vibing off it just works so well that movie and Jonah Hill is so underrated to me well I don't think anymore but like he's been good for so long and he is genuinely <laughs> such a good actor yeah yeah nah Jonah Hill's great bro um I liked him in uh The Wolf of Wall Street that's one of my favorites of like roles of his but um he, even in You People he was really good so shout out to him man he had a um he also came out with like a like a documentary with his um therapist. I, don't I think know it's if you saw. Stutz. I haven't watched it yet, but Stutz. it yeah yeah. I'm I'm scared of what it will reveal about myself. To be honest, <laughs> I've been putting it off. It was it was good, man. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. What'd you I take from it. it? Like, was there anything that you took from it? Um, I would have to watch it again because I watched it like. You know, I was like when you're watching. I was watching the kids, and I was watching that at the same time. You know, so I didn't pay. I didn't give it a hundred percent of my my attention, but the parts that I did watch were good. And it was it was just like a conversation where he was kind of like asking his um his therapist questions. You know, instead of it being the other way around, he was really pretty. He was pretty much giving his therapist a therapy session, and it was just crazy to see his therapist just you know get vulnerable and basically admit to his faults and you know kind of go through situations you know in his life and just talk about these situations and and talk about how he really didn't have it all together when he made these decisions and you know and this is a therapist you know talking so it just really humanized him and it humanizes all people, even therapists that, you know, they go through stuff just like we go through stuff. And um they had they deal with pain just like we deal with pain. And uh so it's like as as a person, it doesn't matter if you're here to help other people, 
you're still going to deal with your own stuff. And sometimes you're not going to have all the answers, even when you're supposed to have the answers. Like as a therapist, you're supposed to have the answers in a way. And they don't even have all of them. So it just shows like, man, we all just kind of living in this shit together, trying to figure it out. Everybody. Well, I think you touched on something that I cannot agree with more is that we're all bullshitting our way through it. None Mm -hmm. of us know what the fuck is going on. It doesn't matter what position you're in. You're all just trying to figure it out together. Like that's essentially what it is. No one knows because the world we live in is different from the one we lived in 50 years ago. And everyone's just kind of like, I don't know, maybe you do this. Maybe that's the right answer. Uh, But I, no one knows for sure. Yeah. That's ain't that a bitch, right? (laughs) Cause we're all so judgmental of one another, right? But nobody knows how, how to, how to make shit better, bro. Like, but we, we all judge each other so harshly, man. Like we treat each other like shit on a daily basis and put each other down about things that we we will a person will learn something on Monday and on Tuesday shit on somebody else that doesn't know have that information. Like that's the kind of world we live in. So I stay away from it. <laughs> it reminds me of like in school when oh, this what what I would do personally is like when at the end of a test, everyone's like together and talking about, oh, this question, did you get this answer? And I remember like the the smartest kids in class were like, yeah, I got this answer. This is the right answer. And then some other kid was like, nah, it's like one. And, and everyone's like, idiot, you're so stupid. And then I also put one and I was like, idiot, stupid. Like I didn't want to admit that I fucked up as well. But like it's that, it's that mentality of like you just don't want to feel dumb even though no one knows the real answer because it's just like a test and you don't know until you get your paper back, but that happened <laughs> a number of times. It's cool that you remember, it's cool that you remember that, you know, because that is, that is the perfect, you know, example. Really. Yeah. Well, look, man, I think the, one of the benefits of your music is the feeling and, and the things that you talk about in your music. Um, but I only have one more question for you and it's probably the hardest question i'm gonna ask so if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once can be any genre of music cannot be your own music what Mm -hmm. would it be like just to get an appreciation of just to get an appreciation Ooh, 444 by jay-z for sure for sure, but it's 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 either four 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 or the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Mm. I think those two, like if you could pick between one of those, either one is good. Lauren Hill was just ahead of her time with the stuff she was talking about, and um, and the Jay Z album really just was like so many so many flaws of a person, you know. It's like the size that you don't see. It's like I love that album because it was like he was telling his own story, you know, before before somebody else came out and told his story, you know. So like I believe in that. Yeah. And the feeling in in both projects, like Miseducation of Lauren Hill is so iconic in the sense of like it changed hip hop, it changed hip hop for women, it changed just the sound, like it really blended it all. It was like it blended like 
hardcore gangster rap. It blended, you know, her ability to sing on that project. Like genuinely almost my favorite parts on that project is her singing. Like she sounds mm. so good, so ethereal. Like her voice is angelic on that thing. She sounds amazing, bro. Lauren Hill is the GOAT, man. She's one of the GOATs. Like, I don't know where that album came from, but damn, it's like one of the best albums to ever grace the, the planet. Like, crazy. Let, let me ask you this. Do you think it's a good thing that it it's just the one standalone project? Because, like, Lauren Hill's legacy has really stayed in that. Like, obviously, as a fan, we would love to hear more of her music. But there's something to be said about less is more because like it stands the test of time. That project is like this standalone, beautiful piece. And we're always like, I wish we got more. But the fact that it's less is almost a good thing. Yeah. I think that's partly what makes it so iconic, right? Is that that was her only um, studio album. It's like, but it, it, it just... I don't know, maybe that's why it's so iconic, you know? Because that's kind of all we've had to listen to for all these years, so we've just been dissecting it for, for decades. Uh, so it could be, yeah. Well, that's what I think about artists like Biggie. Like, he's got two projects. And I wonder yeah. what it would be like to have a 50-year-old Biggie as opposed to... We you needed know. that. I think we needed it, you know, because, like, because uh, I could only imagine the maturity in his his new if he was still making music. Oh my! Like it would be crazy. I think because you know what it is like. I think Biggie was different in that. Um, I don't know. He was just so witty with his words, and he was such a gifted lyricist that to to his lyricism at in his twenties to bring that into his thirties and then into his forties. I would I would just. I would be so intrigued at how the content changes of what he's talking about. Whereas like Lauren Hill, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that she's not gifted or anything because she is like one of the greatest, but you can kind of predict what she's going to say, you know, or what what she's going to be talking about because she was well beyond her years as far as like her thinking, you know. But Biggie in a way he he started off when he started his career. He was in the streets, you know. And I would love to see how his music progressed. When you look at artists like Jay Z, who's also talking about, you know, the streets and drugs and selling drugs and things like that. He he he's grown so much as an individual, you know. So I, I would just I w- I would kill to see um to see what Biggie's talking about in his fifties. You know? I mean, we have Nas right now releasing projects. Yeah. And he King's Disease 3 was one of the best projects of 2022. Like, it was so crisp, so clean. He had zero features on that on that album. And it is such a good project. And, like, to think about his legacy in hip-hop, the early 90s is, like, where he started with Illmatic of, like, and now King's Disease 3, gone from 94 to 2022, of like a career in that length is absolutely insane to me. Crazy. But that when when you got a gift, you know, you never lose it. I agree. And speaking of gifts, man, you obviously gift us with 
a lot of your music. I'm excited to see uh, what else you're going to drop. I'm looking forward to your project that's coming out in June. It's going to be brand new. And you said it's like a mix of, of house and a mix of hip hop. So I'm very keen to see how you do that. But obviously for anyone who hasn't checked out, uh, coded the friends most recent project uh, to, to see a sunset is the most recent one. I almost fucked it up. I fuck up names a lot on this show. So uh, no surprises there. And then lyrics to go volume four, most recent project. Um, obviously you got singles go Brooklyn, of course is one of those, but man, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Do you have anything else you wanted to shout out? Anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up? Oh man, that's it, bro. That's it. Well, I appreciate it, man. And we'll speak very soon. I'll also, I'll find that place in Italy for you in Rome. So you make sure you can get it. Appreciate you, man. Yo, nice talking with you, bro. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.